Well, <clears throat> sorry for the delay, everybody. Uh, kind of got caught in the moment because the Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions. I actually can't believe this is its reality. It still, I'm still on that cloud nine, enjoying every moment of it. And this happened a week ago. Yeah, exactly a week ago to the day. And, you know, I have a good excuse for why I didn't record last week. And it's A, because I'm superstitious and I didn't want to jinx it. Uh, but B, I, I went. I went to game six of the NBA Finals. Uh, I'll get to that uh, when we get there. Um, but I want to hark back on the last episode on the title. And it's because that title perfectly reflected how I felt about the series at that point. Suns in four, Bucks in six. And I gotta say when they won game four, I really believed in my head. I was like, Bucks in six, they can do this. Uh, so let me, let me backtrack. So yeah, we lost the first two games and that was the last episode, but I, I said, you know, the Bucks were still in it because they were 0-2 down the Nets. They were 0-1 down the Hawks. So I was saying how they've battled through adversity. Uh, the way I kind of like to describe this team is uh, just resilient and just ferocious. Uh, here's the thing that separated this Milwaukee Bucks team from the previous incarnations of like the last two, three years, they kind of are like Iron Man in Captain America Civil War. You know how like Iron Man, um, he was fighting Captain and Captain was beating, just beating his ass. But then he has his computer system that's just like analyzing and it analyzes his like battle moves so that way uh, Tony could counter. Didn't matter because, as we all know, Captain won. Um, just saying that because I'm a Captain fan. And that's my shameless plug. Anyways, that's not... But this is different because it looked like the Bucks utilized kind of like that tactic throughout the playoffs, except they won. Um, they have changed in terms of they get better as the series goes along because they start to figure out a little bit more of the offense. They start to adjust and make the proper adjustments which is completely what they needed because previously Bud was known to do the drop coverage and no defense adjustments, very stubborn. And that hurt us because teams figured us out. And even this year, um, as we stated throughout you know the year, he's slowly making these adjustments and making these defensive matchups and switches, uh, which can make a difference. And frankly, they did. Uh, and the reason I say that is throughout the series, you could see the Bucks slowly, you know, figure out their offense and Phoenix a little bit. Now, Phoenix is one hell of a team because, shoot, this series could have easily went a sweep in four or it could have been easily a seventh game because two of the games, which we'll talk about, uh, went into single, you know, possessions and took two I, – iconic plays uh, by the Bucks to win those games. But let's rewind to start game three, and I'll tell you kind of like the, the setting and everything. So game three, 
um, I actually had no one to watch with and was super nervous because of the O2 down and I was having a pretty busy week at work. I was still trying to figure out a lot of things. So I was actually working all of that weekend. So not a fun weekend. And this game was my one break. I start watching at the TV. Uh, they get down early and DeAndre Aiden's eating. And what transpired was Phoenix kind of looked like they just had him figured out. The Suns were kind of putting it down and feeding Then the second quarter came, and I think that was the very first start of the momentum, just changing to the Milwaukee Bucks' favor uh, in general in the series because it was the first time the Bucks had a really big run. I think they capped off like a 15 to like two run and closed out that second quarter. And it was the first time you really saw the Bucks actually get momentum. And what also helped was they took De- DeAndre Ayton off the floor. Um, DeAndre Ayton got in some quick fouls. And then the third quarter comes in and the Suns come back and they make a run in the third quarter. And Cam Johnson has this insane dunk on P.J. Tucker, meme-worthy. And at that point, that was probably the best play of the finals to that point. And yeah, it looked like momentum was starting to carry. And then the Bucks attacked back and went on a three-point barrage. I think it was Drew and Connaughton. And they blew the game wide open, game three. A lot of their success was because DeAndre Aiden was out and D-Book, he was in, he had a bad game scoring-wise. Then you really saw Giannis attack and he scored 40 points again. And you're like, oh, wow. So Giannis, he's fighting through this. He's like being able to get buckets because we were struggling to having anybody else really be productive. Uh, and we lost, you know, game two, even after Giannis had a 40-point game. Uh, it was insane. But, um, yeah, the Bucks pulled away. Uh, they won by force. And, you know, winning – one win can do a lot for your confidence. And, you know, they were down 2-1, but they won their game at home. And I was like, okay – at least it's not going to be a sweep. And that was the one thing I took from that game because obviously they would have lost that game. The series would have been over. But they won, and they won in a good fashion, meaning that they were starting to figure this team out. Then the big game comes, and this is game four. And uh, I was looking just to chill, looking for a nice bar because I watched it. Yeah, I watched the game at, like, this restaurant by myself. Uh and it was fun, but, you know, you always want to spend it with people who are being a setting. So I was like, you know what, let me go to this. I asked one of my coworkers where it's a good spot that has uh, outdoor seating with because I want to bring my dog. And this, he suggested Bolden Acres. It's this cool little place, indoor and outdoor, where dogs and big Jenga and just like this big field. And you can just drink. And they have these giant, and I mean, giant TV screens. So... I go out there and I invite two of my friends that I just met out there. Uh, shout out to Irv and shout out to Sun. Um, 
I hit them up, they come through. I get there actually in a full hour early because game three was at 7 p.m. while game four was at 8 p.m. And I thought it was at 7, so I came in at like 6.30. And, you know, once you go there, you don't want to leave because I walked there. It was close enough for us to walk. But, you know, Texas, this Texas heat, it's humid as shit. So um, (laughs) I went and it felt like an agonizing wait. But, you know, you pull through it and... That game was so frustrating. Um, Booker was going off. And it wasn't like the Bucs were playing terrible defense. They were playing good defense, but Book just couldn't be slowed down. This cat was making everything like, boop. He would just like stop, pivot, shoot in. He knew how to, he was driving. And he was doing this, like, I'm pretty sure it was without a three-point basket. And I think he's like the only, he was the one of the only players to, score a 40 point game in the finals without hitting a three and my god this guy this guy went on fire um and what made it scary was Giannis was scoring but he wasn't dominating and I mean like 40 point dominating and man first half was frustrating because yeah Phoenix just rocked our socks and I'm thinking in my head you know can they come back? And I, I know it's like, they weren't like in the grand scheme of things, they weren't down by like 14 or 15. They were down by like six or I think it was an eight point lead going to the fourth quarter. Um, but they just found open guys and they were hitting shots. Milwaukee couldn't find consistency uh, with their players, except Chris Middleton. And he had a really, I'll say this, cause he ended with 40 points, but it was a very quiet, 40 points, but what was important in that game four run was every time the Suns looked like they're about to pull away, Milwaukee would finally answer, like they would answer back. So, but it wasn't looking good because at the end of three quarters, the Suns built a nine point lead. It was, yeah, a nine point lead. And I was texting my cousin or my friend. I was like, well, you know what? They're getting beat pretty bad, but the point is they're still within, you know, they're within double digits and they just need some shots to fall. And they're, they're still in it. They're keeping it close because it's not like they were, yeah, they were up by like 12 or 15. So fourth quarter starts and Pat Connaughton hits a big three-point shot, brings it down to six. Uh, Phoenix is still scoring though. I think Cam Johnson hit like this beautiful bucket and then cp3 was also i think he hit back-to-back buckets so like they were down like six or seven points with like about eight minutes to go and they just kept fighting and chris was making some baskets and then there was one big play and i would say it was actually a big momentum swinging play because suns are up five and deandre in inbounds the ball or i'm sorry it's i forgot who inbounded the ball it might have been chris paul um But, be, so he inbound the ball, and it was supposed to go to Aiton, but then Giannis stole it, went down, dunked the ball, because it was an easy, you know, easy basket. And when he did that, it's like, okay, now they just got to make a couple more stops and have those shots fall. Um, so with that dunk, I was like, all right, the Bucks are still in this. Chris is actually going off, which Chris Middleton – you know, if he scores more than like 30 points in a game, I think the Bucks were like 
four or five and oh and he was good and he kept hitting from the outside and really showed his repertoire his total game because like here's the thing chris middleton very solid three level score when he gets hot and he's shown in the playoffs he can go off so we just needed that chris middleton game and thank goodness he had it for game four because Giannis had a good game but he wasn't his 40 point game so about five minutes left uh i think they get it down to like yeah a single possession and now they're starting to trade baskets because i think at one point Connaughton hit a three to get them into the lead uh but then whew, sorry i'm talking so fast that anywho <laughs> Connaughton hits his basket for them to go ahead, and then Phoenix ties it back up, and then it's it's just this two single possession game, and like shot after shot, people are making plays, and Devin Bookerman keeps making plays. Um, but it was interesting, and then Cash would come down and respond. So it was kind of like this Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, um, Bonanza, and it gets down to about you know, the one minute mark, one minute and 30 seconds. And Chris drives uh, down and then he hits a pull-up jumper. Bucks are up to about a minute and 20 seconds left. And I got to say, <clears throat> I don't know if it's this play or the play in the next game that is more memorable. I got to say this play, no, you know what? I like it equally. And so... Devin Booker is driving down the lane and he's covered by, I believe it was uh, supposed to be, it was PJ Tucker. So Giannis is trying to close off the lane so that way Booker can't fully drive. So he starts to turn. Then Booker um, uses his, he underhands and he throws a lob, which I do think it was important because it wasn't the greatest pass. It was a good pass because would have scored in, in like 90% of circumstances, but the, the ball was a little bit behind Aiden so because he had to reach back. So Aiden's coming down, and he's going, He's about to alley-oop this ball. Giannis somehow, it looks like it's going to be an alley-oop. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling my friends, Irv, and like we all stood in complete silence because Giannis is able to prepare, turn from facing Devin Booker and... It's so hard to describe this because without a visual, but just look up Giannis DeAndre in block. Um, but he high points it at the highest point. And instead of an alley two points, Giannis blocks the shot. And I've never seen something like that. To go from defending one player and then having enough time just to turn and pivot and then having to just have just honestly, it was lucky because you have to be in the right position. And he blocked DeAndre Ayton. He blocked the game time shot. Now, the Bucks weren't able to convert. Um, but with 30 seconds left, CP3 trips over. I, I think he just trips over himself. Because I know he, he wasn't fouled. Because this game was pretty controversial. Uh, let, me, let me just start with that. Because there were bad calls on both sides. Both sides, I got to say. Um, but then there's one egregious call, which... Booker has five fouls, and he intentionally, intentionally fouls Drew Holiday. He gets him twice, and they did not call it. 
And it sucks because Booker's going off. And the only reason he didn't score 50 is because he had, he got fouled, he was in foul trouble. The fact that the ref did not call a clear and obvious foul when it was an intentional foul bewilders me. So thank goodness that this Giannis play happened. And thank goodness Chris Paul tripped because when he tripped, he dropped, he lost the ball. Bucks are able to convert. Bucks are up by four. Essentially, the game is over. Um, they won a tough one. They will want a tough one. Um, there were a couple Suns fans out there. And when that block happened, before you celebrate, I, got, I didn't really celebrate it because I think everyone was just in shock. Everyone was like, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was just like, oh. because like, and this is how you know it's a good play. So after the game, so Bucks win after the game. I'm seeing a bevy of text messages from people, and I get one from my older roommate, Obi. So shout out to Obi. He's been really awesome. Um, and this is how you know is the ultimate respect because, and he was a class act of a fan because he texted me. He was like, you know, despite the calls, that block by Giannis, I was like, yeah, man, that was insane. Um, and you know, it's crazy is because iconic plays they usually happen games six or seven um but you knew it was an it was an iconic play it's an nba finals all-time play because how many athletes can actually turn and then high point and and they're able to block from guarding a person to from when they're opening it and then still blocking that's incredible maybe Maybe Joel Embiid and Davis, maybe, but to do it in the finals, like, I think that block was more impressive. I know it's blasphemous than the LeBron James chase down block, but like, hear me out. Because, A, also, let's just be for real, Giannis made that same exact block twice in the series. So, um, one was literally like the same amount of distance. It happened game one, but it didn't matter because the Bucks lost. So that's why it's not really iconic. And it happened early season. And then game six, Giannis also had another pretty chase down block. But here's the thing. LeBron's amazing play, also the stakes, because it was game seven. So I get the iconics. But I do think the Giannis play is more impressive. Because with the chase down block, a guy's dribbling. And you're not as fast dribbling, right? Just like in soccer, you're not as fast with the ball than dribbling the ball, or like without it. LeBron had enough stamina and speed to catch up uh, the chase down. And what made this crazy is Giannis is trying to cover the lane so that Booker can't drive. So Booker lets that log. So you got to, he literally just had to follow that pass all the way. And you also have to jump at your highest point because they both reach at their highest point. And DeAndre Ayton's a big dude. He ain't small. He's, I think he's bigger than Giannis. Um, to be able to block that, wow. And, you know, when we're watching it at the game, everyone's like, huh? and it was a great gratifying one because it was then I was like, oh, now it's a tied series and now it's anybody's game. So as soon as that happened, I reached out to one of my friends. Uh, his name's Alec. So shout out to Al. Um, 
I've known him since the third grade and I actually, you know, I moved. So kind of lost touch. Haven't spoken since college. We went to the same college, but always really good friends. And the one thing that we shared was that we were Bucks fans, um, especially when they were bad. And he was like one of the only people I could talk to about the Milwaukee Bucks. So, because we didn't have a lot of fans back then and we went through some dark times. So, those Bucks teams, wow, I can't even. Michael Red, what a guy. Um, Brandon Jennings, Bucks and Six. Um, anyways, I'm getting distracted. So uh, I hit my friend up and I'm like, yo, I gotta go. I gotta go because now by winning game four, that means that there's one more game in Milwaukee, game six. And I told him, I was like, I need to go to the finals. And it's funny because he hit me up. And another one of my friends hit me up and they're like, are you going to the finals? Games like three and four, because those were the games that were designated to me in walking. I was like, I really wanted to. And I said, as a child, <clears throat> I would go if they ever made the finals. Like it was always on my bucket list. But you know what? Work was so tough and it was... Uh, that I could not fly. I was like, nope, there's no way I can fly. It's just too expensive. And like right now they're O2. So I didn't go to game three or four. And it was, I was sad, but at the same time, it's like, well, you also got to make wise decisions, which it's funny. So after they won game four and after that block, I was like, cause my faith has been, was tested. Cause I was like down O2. I was like, eh. but I was like, Oh, they're going to be in Milwaukee. And I was like, honestly, it's a best of three series now. And I was like, tour in Phoenix, but I was like, they just got to win one in Phoenix. Because I think they can take home, take care of business. So I hit up my cousin. I'm like, yo, Anthony, uh, you want to go to the game? Game six. And because I really want to go. And... He said he couldn't because, uh, you know, his wife was expecting a baby, their third child. So he was like, priorities. And I was like, oh, understand. But dang. Then I asked my friend, uh, Alec, I was like, yo, are you buying tickets? Uh, and he was like, you know what? I wouldn't see, but I, I might wait. And I just had this weird thought in my head, this thing. I was just like, I just had a weird feeling that Milwaukee, like for some reason that it was going to go that series is going to end in Milwaukee in six games. Um, and it dawned on me. I was like, this is it. You know, it's crazy. We always talk about the moment. And sometimes it it takes you up to realize you're in the moment. But I, I took a step back. And I was like, the Milwaukee Bucks are in the finals. They might never come back. It took them 50 years just to come back. And I was like, man, I'm moving and it's going to be expensive and it's, can I make this work? And I was just like, man, I gotta, I gotta do this for in that moment. And if I don't do this and they do win, I might regret this for the rest of my life. And I've always had on my bucket list to go to a, you know, like a Packers Super Bowl or a Bucks final or Brewers. Um, and I'm, I'm a big, probably, you know what? I was a bigger Packer fan. 
for so long you know, because the Bucks weren't good and we had Brett Favre. And I remember we had one special year and it was in 2000, 2001. And the Bucks would play the 76ers in the Eastern Conference Finals and it went seven games. And, you know, they lost. And I just remember that Eastern Conference Finals that I was actually able to go to two out of those three home games, game six and I believe game three. And we had pretty close tickets. And at the time, med reps would be able to like treat out doctors and all that stuff. So they rented out this box. So I really got this fun experience and then they lost. And that was the closest I've ever been to like going to a finals or a Super Bowl. Uh, now the Packers went to the Super Bowl in 2010, but I was in college and didn't have the funds. And finally, it, it dawned on me. I was like, I got this new job, and you know what? I have stock in some of the old companies that I worked for. And I was like, I know it should be used for like a house or like savings. And I was like, no, this this is once in a lifetime. And so, um, yeah, I called it my. He's not my financial guy. He just works for the last company or he helps like initiate trade and stuff. And I'm, I'm texting my friends. I was like, yo, should I go to this? And a lot of my friends are like, yo, you just got to go. So I'm like, I'm going to go. And it dawned on me. I was like, man, this is going to be expensive. How am I going to do this? I also got to find a dog sitter. just moved here and I got to buy a plane ticket. So I took out, you know, enough money because I see these two tickets well, the reason I say two tickets, so sorry, I got to backtrack and my ADHD went a little, but that's how it is. Um, so when my cousin said he didn't want to go, I immediately thought I was like, who should I take? Who would be down to watch this game? And I was like, you know what I want to do? I want to take my dad and I want to surprise him. I don't know why it's actually, you know what? I kind of know why it's a combination of, you know, life, life has come pretty fast during this pandemic, a lot of clarity. And, you know, I was thinking in my head about good memories and experiences and I have a lot and I had a really fantastic send off from california so shout out to all my all my friends and family i really i love y'all um you guys wow you guys they sent me off right and just made some of the best memories and i was like you know what i got this job and i quit my last job and it's things are going right and i was like this just feels right and i was like i want to spend this moment with my dad because if they somehow win and it somehow is the game that decides everything, I want to spend this moment with my dad because, you know, when you grow up watching sports, most of the time, the person that introduces you to major sports is your dad. You know, your dad usually watches the games and hey, I grew up and my dad was very fortunate. My dad would take me to a lot of sporting events uh, the Packers, the Bucks, Brewers, and I was like, one of these days, I would really like to like return that favor, and I would love to, do, yeah. And so I, I thought this could be just a special moment, and so I called my mom and I'm like, don't tell Dad, 
I'm flying up for game six. I'm going to find a way. I know I'm not doing well money-wise because the move was very expensive, but I was like, I'm going to find a way. I'm going to sell some stock, and I'm, I'm going to take that. So uh, immediately, I find these two awesome seats. For They're expensive, but relatively cheap in comparison because like at StubHub, they have the five-star. So I bought it. Find a dog sitter through one of my friends. So EJ and Sarah, shout out to y'all. Thanks for having a great friend that watched my dog. And I'm going and I'm like, yo, I buy these tickets and I buy it prior to game five. So this is a Friday. Then I get a call from StubHub that they like, <laughs> they froze my account. And they froze my account because I changed my billing address and mailing address. So I lost the tickets. So then it took me about two hours and luckily I was able to pounce on the same exact tickets. I had to make a secondary account. And the only reason is because my mailing address changed, even though I updated it. So they thought it was fraud. And man, I had, I worked in customer service and trust and safety, all that jazz. And yeah, to talk to those people, it was not fun. So um, anyways, I, Whoop. I'm going to take a little break. Once I come back, we will. I got to talk a little bit faster because, damn, I only went through one game, one, one game and it's 30, 30 minutes in. So shh, bear with me. Uh, we'll be right back. All right. <laughs> Welcome back. Sorry, I got on a tangent because there's a lot to talk about it, and this is awesome moment. But yeah, I was able to snack tickets, and I'm like, game five. If they can somehow just steal game five, um, wow, it could be amazing that I bought tickets to a potentially closing game. So game five, try to meet up with my friends, and they can't meet up, but an old classmate from Marquette uh, was free. And so I hit her up and she brought her other friend and we meet uh, at this Wisconsin bar called Lavaca Street Bar. So the reason I was there, I was like, I kind of want to be around fans. And so we go to this bar and it's like half Phoenix, half Bucks. And you can tell, it, it's crowded, man. It's exactly what you want. Game five. I'm excited. We, I was able to get like the last table and I was like, oh shoot, here we go. And bang, <laughs> the sun's just splatter Milwaukee. I think they go up, I, I think it was like 37 to like 21. It was pretty gnarly after the first quarter. They could not miss typical. They've been away from home and like back home. So huge momentum. And I'm at this bar. I'm like, holy Christ. It could be a blowout, but at least that this lead is early in the game, meaning that it was only one quarter. So, yeah, and you had these, like, Jay Crowder had this massive dunk, Devin Booker, it was just going their way. So, Milwaukee was able to stem, and they slowly came back. They just chucked away. Um, they got some early 
and easy baskets and the three-point ball um, was kind of available. They, Milwaukee was shooting well. And part of the reason for this comeback was Drew Holiday finally was having his game. So Chris Middleton had game four. Drew Holiday had game five in the biggest way possible as a little foreshadowing. So Milwaukee goes on this massive run. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, like... They went, so game five, I'm looking up right now. Uh, They're outscored 37 to 21. In the subsequent next court, two quarters, second and third, the Bucks went, scored 79 points in the second, between the second and third, and Phoenix scored 53. So Milwaukee just turned the tables, and I mean turned the tables, because they're up big by the end of the third quarter. I think they're up by like 13. And you're like, this is the best that you've seen Milwaukee play. Um, they're in rhythm, they're in sync, Drew Holiday, and they're shooting efficiently. Good baskets. And dang, if Phoenix did not, <laughs> Phoenix did not roll over. Um, what's kind of crazy was like, Bucks always had like control throughout most of the fourth because they're up by like 10 and you see phoenix slowly clawing back but every time that they would claw back Milwaukee would answer so the the score really didn't nudge between like a 10 11 13 nine point margin until about like maybe four or five minutes left in the in the entire game um yeah so booker once again, is going off because uh, he was at the 40 burger and Chris Paul was also coming alive in the fourth. So momentum's kind of, it's Milwaukee's up, but you can see the momentum slowly coming back to Phoenix and they're at home. So every shot is a big energizing shot. And I want to say, yeah, the fourth minute mark Milwaukee hits, yeah, 323. So Milwaukee hits this big Chris Middleton three. And I remember the announcer saying, more Middleton magic. And they're up with 10 points with three minutes and 26 left. So you think it for the most part is pretty much over. But right away, they give up a, a three to Chris Paul, just a step back. Um, oh, no, wait. Middleton is back to back threes because. He answered Chris Paul's three with a three of his own, so they're still up 10. But then Phoenix just goes slowly back in, and they put a couple easy buckets, and it's a six-point game. Fast forward, it's a minute and 30 seconds and left, and Devin Booker hits essentially out of a timeout a quick three. And Milwaukee... you. Th- Chris Middleton's been our closer throughout the playoffs. He misses, but significant times off the clock. So now I think there's less than a minute left in the game. And Chris Paul just drives it right down. Pat Compton can't do anything. So now they're only down one and 50 seconds left. And Bucks, I think, yeah, the Bucks miss a shot. 
after they called timeout and out of bounds, they just did not have a good play set up because Giroux drove but got a bad shot off. He missed. And now you're thinking, oh, shoot, the Suns are only down one point. And what should they do? Because um, I think there was about, yeah, there was about like 20, 25 seconds, less than 20 seconds left. And they don't call a timeout, which I actually agree with. That's a, that's the right call. You go with the momentum, and a defense is not set, so you want to attack it. And Devin Booker has the ball, and this guy just scored a 40-burger, and he comes downhill, and an unheralded play, because there is less than, yeah, under 20 seconds left, and... P.J. Tucker sees him and he tries to guard. So, you know, P.J. jumps up. And the reason I'm trying to describe this is it's very unsung because no one's talking about it. But, like, P.J. Tucker, you know, jumps up with his hand and then does, like, you know how some players do, like, they're able to do, like, a second wave because they're up in the air long enough. And that second wave caused them Booker to pause. And Giannis was also coming down from the top. So now... Booker sees, and he's trying to t- turn. However, who's there but my guy, Drew Holiday, and he just yanks that ball out of his hands. So now the ball, you just see it fly in the air, and you see Drew steal the ball, and then he's dribbling down, and it's a fast break because most people are, yeah, are the wings. So Drew snatches this ball. He's going down. Chris Paul is trying to like lead him towards the sideline on the left side. So, and you see DeAndre Ayton and Mikel Bridges, but you see from the back, Giannis storming and he's running. And you think Drew starts to peel off and there's only about, I think this point, there's only like 16 seconds out because the Bucks are up one. So they can either, the, the smart thing to do is hold on to the ball, wait until you get fouled, hit free throws. Then you can have the Suns, you know, attempt to tie it to end the game. That's the basketball move. That's the wise basketball play. And for some reason, I'm at this bar and I see the steal and I'm, amazed already because i was like oh shit what do we do but also because it's a live play you're like oh shit how do we finish it and you think he's about to peel away drew holiday and just wait for him to get fouled and all of a sudden he lobs this ball up and i'm not gonna lie i was like oh shoot where's that going and i see Giannis atetokounmpo (laughs) take this alley and then dunks it. And Chris Paul slightly pushes him, so it's a foul. But he couldn't stop it. He couldn't stop it. Foul. And all of a sudden, you're like, holy shit! That just happened. And the camera pans to Giannis's face, and he just has that Giannis meat mug. Like, yo, he knew he made this crazy split. And there's a foul. What makes this play iconic is, here's the thing, and I know I'm biased because I'm a Bucks fan, but very seldomly when a team's when a team's down one and there's enough time for a shot, 
you know usually the player is either going to make it or miss it. That's usually what happens. And that this play was probably the biggest in Milwaukee that sequence event, biggest Bucks history, because throughout their history, Milwaukee's been they've blown sizable leads just like any team, but it seems like a lot, and they've been constantly choking the playoffs and not making the proper plays. Or just being out loud played. Um, so when I see this steal, I'm going nuts at this bar. And everyone's just like waiting to see. And as soon as that dunk happens, holy crap, did I, I had so much energy. I was like, wow, that just happened. And what made it crazy is this alley-oop was just, it was just like, crazy it was bold it was very bold and that's when i knew it was like holy shit milwaukee really wants this not saying that phoenix doesn't because obviously they do but you had a feeling like oh man this team is like they're here and they're in the moment so they so Giannis gets fouled on this alley and this picture is so iconic with this picture where LeBron James, who is drinking tequila, is on the sideline and he's on court side, and you just see his face. And then you also see Chris Chris Paul trying to push Giannis and just Giannis towering over. It was crazy. And shout out to Drew Holiday. Like the very reason why we got this guy was to make that type of play when they needed it the defensive play. And that's what made this play iconic. It's not because Devin Booker missed it, but to go from potentially you could be lo- you could lose this game that you were down and you've come back and you built a big lead only to lose it. Whoever lost this game, you knew it was going to be a devastating loss. And to rip it out of Booker's hands. Was it a foul? Maybe. But I don't think so. I don't really hear that many people dispute it. So just rip this ball. And then to like look around and he to see Giannis pointing up. Um, he was pointing up to like for the oop and toss it and then just slam it down. Wow, I couldn't believe it. And plus there's a foul. So now the Bucks are up three, 15 seconds left, they're foul. And Giannis misses the free throw. But this is how you knew it was Milwaukee Bucks tonight because Giannis tap back taps the ball into Chris Middleton, and then Middleton gets fouled. He makes one or two free throws, and Bucks are up four. And at that point, it's too late. Bucks win and they steal a game in Phoenix. And I'm watching it right now. And shout out to NBA for doing this like mini movie with the movie quality images so because like getting this in slow-mo with the dramatic music holy crap it gives me shivers to this day and it's the steal from the look to like this dog this oop is insane what a great oop um and the camera look like man oh iconic and it was at that moment i was like now the bucks are up three two but they just won two back-to-back games that ended in close matches. So I was like, they actually have a chance to close out. 
and you know we're celebrating at this bar and i'm like oh my gosh i'm about to take my dad to the finals and surprise i'm like we could potentially win it in milwaukee so i'm super excited and then sunday comes and my dog gets sick she starts coughing a lot and i'm i'm worried because you know i was like oh shoot i'm supposed to fly to monday and i had a dog sitter i was going to drop her off to the house and i take her to the vet and she gets kennel cough and i was like oh no i was like no this can't happen so luckily i was able to make an audible my dog sitter Shout out to Caitlin. She, we decided instead of me dropping off the dog, if she could just make visits to my apartment and then walk my dog and then feed her and then give her medic- medication. So, unfortunately, left her for, you know, because she was, she would spend 12 hours between me and people. But yeah, I made this audible and luckily was able to find the dog situation. So then Monday comes in. I leave work early and I'm excited because I was like, okay, I'm flying. Tell my mom I'm coming in at around midnight. And man, my flight gets delayed. And I'm like, oh shoot, this flight is going to get me so delayed that I'm going to miss my connecting flight from Dallas to Milwaukee. So then I moved and I talked to the American Airlines person and she very snooty, not very helpful very rude. I was like, well, the best I can get you is a, a plane to Milwaukee tomorrow, but you won't arrive till 826. And I was like, I need to find a way to get there. Like, that's not good enough. I was like, can you get me to Dallas and get me there? She's like, well, the planes aren't taking off because of weather conditions. And I was just like, okay. She was like, well, because you can't decide, just pull over there um, while I help the next person, then you can come back and as soon as there. And I pull away but I guess not enough and she was like sir I've told you to pull away and I have to ask you more time I was like get the fuck out of here fuck American um and now I'm like I'm looking at flights and I was like there really isn't anything that can get me to Milwaukee in time so then I'm like do I just chance it and hopefully I can get some luck and I did get some luck because my connecting flight got delayed I was like okay cool because my connecting flight also got delayed in Dallas because there was apparently storms. I actually have a chance to make it. So I'm like, okay, that was a little bit of a setback. Come in and we're getting ready to fly. And a lot of, I'm talking to a lot of people in Austin airport and they're like, yeah, my flight got delayed and American hasn't been very helpful. And I'm going to take this plane to Dallas. A lot of people are taking this to Dallas because a lot of connecting flights were leaving at that airport because international airport, it's huge. We get on the plane. We're literally getting ready to take off. And then the guy's like, well, we actually have an issue with a jet uh, imbalance issue or some stupid shit like that. And they're like, it's going to be like an extra 30 minutes. I'm like, that sucks. But at least my flight got delayed. I was like, still have enough time. And then another hour goes by so not 35 minutes an hour goes by and they're like actually this flight is canceled because of like the gas we're all going to try to move you guys to this other plane the last flight to dallas because there's enough room for everybody unfortunately they said we'd leave at 10 20. that was the new flight time 
and my connecting flight leaves at 11.55, 11.30, sorry. But the flight to Dallas is only about 40 minutes. But God damn, if this didn't happen, gosh dang, sorry. They don't take off for another 20, 30 minutes. So it's 10.55 and I land and I see, I get a notification that my Dallas flight actually got delayed, but only got delayed by five minutes. So I run and I'm like, maybe I can catch it. And unfortunately, the lady is like, you you missed the the plane took off like five minutes ago. And I'm like, oh man. So I go to American and I look and I just see this massive line of people at customer service. And I was told that late wait was like three and a half hours. So then, you know, I'm trying to figure out a way to get there. And I'm like, there are literally no flights. So and then I was looking, my couple of my friends were looking, helping me out because they saw my situation. And because I post <laughs> on my story, like a buffoon. Anyways, a lot of them were like, well, you can do Chicago. But unfortunately, um, that was not happening. And I see that Southwest has a direct flight from the other Dallas airport to Nashville and then from Nashville to Milwaukee. But I would arrive at 12 p.m. So I work and it's 1 a.m. And I work maybe until like, 5 or 6 a.m. and my eyes are absolutely bloodshot and like all I could eat have eaten was snacks because all the restaurants are closed because of COVID and the summit out openly. Anywho, did all my work for the day in those five hours because I was like, as soon as I get there, I'm not going to be able to work a lot. So and I'm working on this massive project. I get there and my, my mom, my mom picks me up and my eyes are so buggy. But I finally get to Milwaukee and my mom told my dad to come home at like five. And my dad is kind of upset because Tuesday is his long day. He's a doctor, so Tuesday is his long day, Wednesday is his short day. So he needs to, because he's covering for another doctor. And my mom was like, well, she needed to come up with an excuse. So what she did was, oh, we're going to FaceTime my sister Eunice, because uh, it was her birthday. Happy birthday. Happy belated birthday, Eunice. You, I've had probably one of the best birthdays and birthday gifts from the sports gods of Milwaukee. But um, so get there. Uh, she was like, yeah, we're going to FaceTime, you know, to celebrate her birthday. So that was the excuse. And I'm sure my dad was like, why that early? Because California's behind by two hours from Central. But he comes and I surprised him. He's like, oh, oh, you're here. And I was like, yeah, I'm here. It's like, why are you here? It's like, I'm here for the game. And he's like, oh, are you going? I was like, no, we're going. Like, get your things. Let's go. And I could, the face of my dad was priceless, just priceless, because he had no clue. I mean, he says he kind of had a feeling, because based on my mom's excuse, but he, he, he was surprised. So, you know, if I'm my dad, and we're driving to the stadium, we're talking about, like, he's like, oh, so how, like, you know, telling him how I made it out there. And I told him, I was like, this could be our one chance. You know, Milwaukee hasn't, the city of Milwaukee hasn't won a championship in a long time because technically Green Bay is different. I mean, Wisconsin's small enough that you include like Green Bay and probably like that Milwaukee, but Milwaukee itself hadn't won a championship since 
the Bucks in the 70s. They won as the Braves for baseball, but that was in the 50s, I believe, or 60s. Um, and they've, so it was a long time, so I was just like, I, I couldn't miss this moment. And I was like, the Bucks are up 3-2, and they have a chance to close. And, yeah, so we drive and we get there early. Actually meet up with my friend Alec, who he bought tickets, but he only could get standing room only because he didn't buy before game four. He waited till after game five, which a lot of Bucks fans did, and that's when prices double and triple because the same tickets that I bought for prior to after game four doubled and more than doubled per seat. Um, so I, I just I just knew for some reason like when momentum's like going that way. Just follow that momentum. So I'm glad about tickets. So we get to the game, and before the game, you know, I'm I'm a nervous wreck, and I know my dad is too. He's like, oh, I don't know if I can, you know, it's last after the last two games that literally went down to the final minutes, um, both times, and both times Milwaukee making iconic plays. Man, I was nervous, and then I I went up to the balcony. I went with my friend Alec and just to see the Deer District because they were allowing a rumored 65,000 fans, which later found out to be, I think it was like 70,000 fans just outside. And let me tell you, from the balcony, you could see all these people wrap around the entire stadium, wall to wall, like there was no space. It looked like in SpongeBob when like all the fish are like from afar or whatever and they're just like little dots, and that's what it looked like. And let me tell you, when I saw that, I was like, all of Milwaukee's here. And I, I looked at Alec, I was like, wow. The Bucks made it. Like, I, I had this, like, I was like, they, they're here. Like, can you imagine what this looked like what, seven years ago when they went like 13? I think they only won like 13 games. And... Yeah, I think it was 13 and 69. <laughs> 69. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shout out to Sarah. That's that's a <laughs> anywho. And they were not they were not good. And these games were empty stadiums. And I remember getting free tickets because they couldn't sell out and the Bucks almost moving. And I told them, I was like, man, look how far they've come. And look at the amount of fans and the support. And I was like, this is super cool. I was like, we could be part of something really special that day. And when I saw that, I was like, you know what? Game on. Phoenix has an amazing team. But we do too. And I was like, I love this team. And the game goes on. And let me tell you, it is intense from the get. Every basket. I was super nervous. The game, I think, was... Ended up being like two and a half hours. And for not a single minute was I not. My heart my heart was going crazy. And the group next to us, there were these three dudes, probably in their 40s. And they were hyped up because they were drinking. And one dude even snuck in a joint. And I, I'm going to knock online. I gave him that props. But damn, you got some cojones, my guy. And I was talking to my dad. And we were just having. I was like, oh, man, this is crazy. Um, and. Milwaukee's not playing good. They played really well in the first quarter, but they were not hitting their shots all the second quarter. And Phoenix flipped the script. 
because they were down 13 at the end of the first. Like, and we really played well that first quarter. Like, momentum's here. This momentum's going to carry from game four and five, and this is theirs. And then Milwaukee started missing shots. They started taking too many threes, not hitting them, and just having some bad possessions. There was one where Giannis walked and had a travel call, and I was like, dude, what are you, like, and Phoenix made a run. And Phoenix was up, I think, seven. So they flipped the whole screen. They were down 13 by the end of the first, and they were up seven at halftime. And the fans are not happy. There's the guys next to me are like, fuck you, refs. Fuck Booker, all that bullshit. And my dad was, I was like, I looked at my dad, I was like, I don't know, are we going to be all right? He's like, yeah, and this was the only time we were really sitting in the game was in between halftime. And I was like, you know what? Phoenix is playing exceedingly well, but we also kind of malfunctioned. And Phoenix was playing better defense, but you knew there's openings. So second half goes and they completely turn it around. Milwaukee, the momentum's there. Giannis is playing out of his mind and he literally has the career game. And he's just getting baskets and just, in the third quarter, I think he scored 20 points. He scored 20, over 20 points. And he puts us in a good position. We were able to come back from the seven point lead, quickly take the lead, but then Phoenix comes back and they end um, the fourth quarter tying. So when you see that, I was like, oh shoot, this I guess this is exactly what you want to be tied in the fourth quarter and I, I look to the guys on my left I'm like yo this is theirs for the take like this is up for anyone's grab so let's see if they can finish out and man the last eight minutes I never felt great so Milwaukee was able to get into a small lead and they were always up by like four points or like six points and Phoenix would always answer or Phoenix would always prevent them from going scoring more. So like there were two opportunities where I remember the Bucks were like up by six, and there was an open three by Portis, in which you're like, oh, if he nails this, this kills the momentum. Like Milwaukee can take this, and he misses. And then there's another two point basket they miss, and every time that that happened, then they responded back. So instead of being up potentially um, eight or nine points, they're now only up by four, uh, four points, and it's like shoot. Can they pull this away? Can they do this? And now there's only about like, I think four minutes left. So <laughs> I had to break because it's a 30 minute increment, but um, you know, I'm talking a lot, so I ran out of time. Uh, so I, I, towards the, when the fourth quarter is winding down, I actually nudge one of the guys on my left. And I just told him, I was like, you know what? The Bucks are up four or six, and they kind of can't climb above it, but they're also not succeeding that pass like six points. So I told them, I was like, yo, if we just trade baskets, we they're going to win this game. And he's like, we just got to trade baskets, this guy. He's like, we're just going to trade baskets. So, man, the Bucks, they trade baskets with the Suns, sometimes being up eight and not only up six. So... They do this, and then about the one-minute mark, one minute and ten seconds left, Phoenix makes a basket, and 
Jay Crowder, he hits not one, but both. He hits both free throws. And you're like, Bucks are up for about a minute left. So they could ice this game. Not ice, but make it very hard for the Suns to come back. Because uh, they're up, you know, by four with a minute left. So after the shot clock gets knocked down, you have about like, 40, 50 seconds type ordeal, meaning only about two or three, two possessions left. And if you're down six, that means you have to hit both threes. So Milwaukee comes out of this timeout and Giannis hands it off and Chris goes to his spot and hits this two. And now the Bucks are up six with less than a minute left. And, you know, we're excited, but we're also nervous because like, you know, you still got to play defense. And Phoenix calls a timeout. And they actually get this really, really good look. And Booker shoots and just, he misses it, not by a lot. Then Chris Middleton grabs, I think, the rebound, or Giannis might have grabbed the rebound, passed it to Chris. Then they fouled. And I was at that point, I, I knew. I mean, I, the crowd could feel it. You're up six. Now you have the ball, but you get fouled, meaning you have a, sh- a chance to hit up, you know, two more points and then be up eight with less than a minute. Like, I knew. and But you still can't celebrate yet because you, until that clock hits zero because I've seen some crazy things. But I just got a, a load of text messages of a lot of friends who are like, oh, my gosh, are they actually going to do it? And it's before it, the clock hit zero. I gotta say, I I was I could not stop hugging my dad, and uh, you know I told my dad I loved him, and I was like, can't believe like we we're here, and he was just like, I I I cried, I had tears of joy, and I didn't care because the Milwaukee Bucks, they were champions, and it was just oh man, it was. It was a great, it was a great moment to have. And I don't ever think I've ever seen the city of Milwaukee so happy and jubilant. And um, yeah, you know, it was, it was such a special moment. And I haven't had a moment like that. I mean, since the Packers won in 2010, but that was different. I was in college and I was actually watching the game with a bunch of friends downstairs from my basement. And I, I did run up. I ran up as soon as the, the final kneel down and tackled my dad and hugged him. And I don't know why this one felt so much more. And I think it's because I've been a Bucks fan for so long and they weren't good. Green Bay, I've been, we've been very fortunate. We're like, they've always been in contention, not always winning it, but they're always in contention. And you know, the Bucks came from the very bottom and you know, they're, they're a small market team. And like it or not, this league is just unfair. It's unfair for big market teams. And then it's just not not an even playing field. And to get a player like Giannis and have the media just already pushing a narrative of, oh, he's going to leave Milwaukee. Because 50 years ago, a legend did leave Milwaukee, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And... You wondered if Giannis was going to leave, and that was 
one of the first episodes we were talking about where the off-season moves, the questions, and the disappointments, and all of that went away. And uh, you, you don't forget that moment. And like, here's the thing, I'm just a fan. I'm not like a player. I can't even imagine how they felt, but 50 years, Milwaukee waited 50 years. And it was a long time. And to have that moment, uh, because 20 years ago, we got far and we never got anywhere close. To being able to spend that with my dad was, it, honestly, it's one of my favorite days of my life, my, my best memories. And it was all worth it. And it's kind of like a microcosm of how this year's been for me in particular. And I you know for some people where it was like doubt, you kind of hit a little bit of rock bottom and then you bounce back up and you, it's a whirlwind and this season is a whirlwind and they've adjusted and I just can't believe that they, they won. They, and it was so special. And this year was so special. I'm, I think I've watched every playoff game or winning whenever the Bucks won, like the clinching game in a different city. The first series was in Miami. I was getting ready to move. So I saw that series from my apartment in LA. I saw game seven of the Nets series in a club in Canton, Playa del Carmen, Mexico on my iPhone. That was crazy because it was such a bad bad day because it was just raining all day and to watch them win it was just wow memorable then i saw game six the clinching game with my friends out in austin and to watch the bucks bring home the championship at home and to be part of that seventeen thousand people attending the game wow i I can't believe they won, and the amount of support from a lot of my friends and family just sending me like, oh, congrats, I'm really happy for you, and happy you got to brought your dad. It, it was just this magical, magical moment. Um, I, I, um, I was just, I'm smiling, can't stop smiling, and, um, and as a, like a true Suns fan, and as a true, my roommate texted me about an hour after the game. Uh, and like Monty Williams, uh, so he, 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 he congratulated me. Very, you know, very happy. He was like, I'm happy for you. And it's not an easy thing to do, especially when you're a devoted sports fan, because especially when it's your teams going against each other. So shout out to Obi. He was really, really big class act. And, Man, that's, it's tough when I, I get it. So um, happened, I remember when the Packers, one of my roommates was actually from Pittsburgh. So that was also an uh, interesting uh, side tangent. But um, yeah, and my cousin FaceTimed me because he was at home and uh, I saw uh, his wife, her story of him, like just jumping up and down like a little kid. Um, yeah, saw Alec. We just kept talking, like, yo, this is happening. And walk outside, and I just see the whole city jubilant. And 
all these people together and celebrate people are high-fiving and which i mean in today i mean i think that's it's also an interesting thing right it's because we live in covid so try to be you know safe as possible and for a single night people just kind of let it go um it's jubilant and the city of milwaukee has grown a lot since i've left and i'm really proud to be from milwaukee um there it's not a big town and it's known for its being a segregated city and i think this was and that's the beauty about sports people always ask me why you know what do you find the value in sports and where do you where do you you know how like why do you put a high value in sports and i'm like not supposed to talk about religion or politics, right? You can always have a fun, friendly debate about sports. And sports can get intense, but it's a form of entertainment. But sports, sometimes in its purest way, can unite and bring people together. And uh, Milwaukee, I've never seen the city so together. And Thank you, Bucks, for bringing home this championship. And I was so happy for Giannis. And I think a lot of people were happy for him. You know, amazing story. And to have a, 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 a Greek-Nigerian player from absolute poverty to being an unknown commodity ultimate raw talent and to learn and grow and develop his skill set and for Milwaukee to also bring in his co-star the same year that he got brought in via trade as a throw-in trade for the Brandon Jennings Brandon Knight deal who shout out to Brandon Jennings for being Nostradamus for guessing Bucks and Six because that became the motto for the city and have those two players overcome all the obstacles and have a coach that was he- heavily criticized to turn around, myself included. And a lot of Bucks fans would say they criticized Budenholzer and for putting it all the chips on the table for trading for Drew Holiday and having Giannis resign. It justified all the bad negative press the last two years. And it's just cool to see them overcome and I'm very grateful for the win, and I'm still happy, and I'm just so happy I could document this season for you guys. And, yeah, this is, I can't believe I'm ending this season on the highest note, because for all my listeners there, the Milwaukee Bucks are champions, and I can't believe it. I can't believe it. So... I'm going to try to make a YouTube channel now, uh, now that I'm more comfortable talking, even though my podcast still needs some work. So, but there will be a second season. Obviously it's after the championship. We'll see, let's see how the bucks do. Um, but news, breaking news came in the other day, ladies and gentlemen, and I think I have a, a title for season two and it's actually not going to be bucks related. Uh, we're going to focus on the Bucks, but that's going to be more focused the back half. 
because football season's upon us. And ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers has reported to training camp. And they're going to rework his deal so that way he'll play for Green Bay this year. And then they'll allow him to either sign with some with that, someone else or trade him to a team of his choice. Because um, season two, ladies and gentlemen, buckle up. Because this is the Packers' last dance. I'm your host, Justin. This is 414 Buck the System. Um, thanks for all the people that have been following throughout the season. I can't believe the season's come to a close, but ladies and gentlemen, the Milwaukee Bucks are champions. Unbelievable. What a journey. I'm so grateful. And cannot wait to see you for season two. Uh, I hope to keep doing this for y'all. All right. This is 414 Buck the System. Peace.